Hello! Welcome back to the Absolute Worldy Podcast, the world-class World Cup pod, or a mediocre podcast about people having worldies. You decide. You decide. <laughs> For the football despairers, as well as the armchair pundits, we're prepping you with all of what you need to know and some of what you don't for this summer's World Cup in Russia. What about those categories, Joel? Why don't you remind us? Okay, so we will be talking about Putin Pravda points. Interesting tidbits that you might bring up in the pub or with some friends whilst watching the game. Moscow Mules, those players who we think are going to have terrible World Cups, and that will be the driving narrative of the summer. Russian Roulette, players who may well sign for a top Premier League or European League team by the end of the summer. And finally, Hot to Trotsky. That's right, those players that we think are genuinely sexy. They're just sexy guys. We are looking today... In our sixth episode. Six episodes. That's gone very quickly. It has. This is Group F with Germany, Mexico, South Korea and Sweden. Before we do that, though, Kyle, uh, we've got a bit of a new uh, a new category for the listeners, haven't we? We do. It's called Khrushchev's Corrections Corner. Try saying that really quickly. Khrushchev Corrections Corner. Khrushchev's Corrections Corner. Khrushchev's Corrections Corner. That's because we have put out our first four episodes... To the masses. We were nervous. We didn't know what people would say. We've had some lovely feedback, but, you know, classically, we've also had some complaints. I mean, when you say complaints, more that people have pointed out mistakes that we've made. And we were going to make a lot of mistakes. I would still call them complaints. Fine, we've had complaints about mistakes. So we would like to uh, issue some <laughs> corrections to our... Um, our heavily researched and intricately designed pod. Yeah. I'm going to just kick on with them, Joel. You, you correct. It's not like we're ashamed, but we do want to get through this yeah, quickly. You correct, and I won't complain. Number one, Iniesta. I'll start again. Number one, Iniesta is not a Catalonian. He is not a Catalonian. He has lived there for a lot of his life, but unfortunately, he would not be able to play for the Catalonian team. He would be playing for the Spain team if they made it. Pamela Anderson is not American. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm so disappointed in you for I, not knowing I mean, that. I don't even remember saying she was, but no. maybe I did. I mean, obviously we all know that she's from Baywatch, and that is an American show. Now I'm going to get a complaint Wait, about it being a Canadian from? show. She's Canadian. She's Canadian. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, my autocorrect ruined a perfectly decent footballer's name. The youngest player in the tournament is not called Armazi. He's called Arzani, Australian player. I can't believe someone complained <laughs> They actually didn't. That's me correcting myself. I'm autocorrecting my autocorrect. Uh, and that's it. That oh. is it for Khrushchev's correction. No, I no, it's oh, not. We I have one more. Voice we now. have one more. Okay, go on. So, Russian roulette. We think it's a great idea. A bit spurious. Apparently, the way that we explain how you play Russian roulette is not how you play it. You don't just sit there by yourself shooting yourself in the head. <laughs> you pass the gun back and forth between multiple people. But that actually works a lot better with what we want. Because imagine all of the chairman and owners of the Premier League clubs. Yeah. They're sitting around a table. They've got gun. And they're looking at a player like James Rodriguez. And they're passing the gun around. Who's going who's gonna to sign him? Oh, bang. I'm signing him. Oh, he's, so sh- he's had a shocker. Excellent. That is the end of Khrushchev's We're now walking out of the corner and back into the main studio. You twice, Joel? twice you did that. I think we should get ahead of it. We're going to start with the top seed in Group F. It's Germany. Die Mannschaft. Oh, not the national Mannschaft like Switzerland then. Just Die Mannschaft. Die Mannschaft. Which means the team. The team. Oh, that's nice. It's quite simple, to the point. It sounds like it means more, but that's German language. (laughs) Maybe we should talk more about the German language now that we're talking about Germany. Okay, go on then. I like the German language. So do I. Because when they have a lot of uh, words 
lots of connect. They just connect all the bits together, so you mm. end up with really, really long words. I particularly, I mean, everyone's favourite, Schadenfreude. And in some ways, Schadenfreude is accurate for this podcast because Moscow Mule is about Schadenfreude. It's about delight at the expense of someone else having a, a, a bad time. I'm really pleased that Joel uh, actually defined schadenfreude there because I'm going to admit that I never knew what that meant. Nah, it's like taking taking joy at the expense of others. Nice. Yeah. Joel and I have actually been to Germany and we have a, a, a joke we like to share about how the fact that neither of us speak German but Joel can say in a perfect German no, accent... No, no, I'm not putting this out to the world, am I? Joel can say in a perfect German accent... Which means... I'm sorry, I don't speak any oh, I've done that German. wrong, it's kind of Deutsch. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I think that proves a point. Let's get on with some more points. The Putin Pravda points. So, for those of you who aren't World Cup avid followers, you might not know this, but Germany are the current World Cup holders. Yes, they are. They won in Brazil 2014 by beating Argentina 1-0 in the final. Now, two substitutes in that game combined to score the winning goal. Yes. Mario Goetze scored the goal and he was set up by Andres Schürrle. But now... Both of those players have failed to make the current squad. So if you are sitting in the pub watching German play, some I've got I've got a few comments lined up for you, Joel, that you might want to say that well, I think we'll get some nice, nice some attention. things to say about Germany play. For example, you could say this. Oh, it's staggering the amount of talent at Germany's disposal. Can you believe the two players that scored the World Cup winning goal last time around are now deemed surplus to requirements? Nice. I can see Vlad saying that in the Kremlin every single time he watches Germany play. That is, see, I agree. That's definitely a, a Vlad-type quote. It's quite officious, a bit long. Another one you might want to go for <laughs> is oh, dropping your nation's heroes just four years later due to efficiency. That's just so versprung Dirk Mannschaft. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This I, is... I think I if mean, you said that, someone might buy you a pint. What a start to an episode this is. Or finally, <laughs> this is my favourite, you could say, Goetze and Schürrler have been manshafted. I mean... All three of those are excellent. The final one is particularly brilliant, I'll be honest. I think you might get a cheer for that in the pub. <laughs> well done, you. Try that one. Just You're in the pub. I know that to those who aren't following the German team, all of that sentence won't make much sense. But listen to that beginning bit again. Work it out. Say it in the pub. Mine's a pint. Let's move on. Let's do so. <laughs> so, there's this thing in the world called the FIFA World Ranking. That is a thing in the world. It was updated on the 7th of June, Joel. Ah, just in time for the tournament, Carl. And where do you think Germany placed? First. They did. And we know that Putin likes a winner. He does like a winner. So maybe he'll be following Germany very closely. I mean, I don't know if him and Angela are getting on that well. But anyway, that's another story. Well, the World Rankings is often used as a stick to beat FIFA with, especially by the English media who oft bemoan England's rank either not high enough or not low enough, depending on how crap we are at any given time. Yes. The formula though, to calculate this rankings is actually quite simple, Joel. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's P equals M times I times T times C. Of course. Notoriously simple. <laughs> P stands for placement yes, in the does. rankings table. Right. M is match result. I is the considered importance of that match. T is the team's versus perceived strength. And C is the confederation of said opponent's perceived value. Right, I, honest, honestly, you've lost me there, so I don't know how the listeners are doing. Joel, I have a little game for you. A game? Brilliant, I love a game. Where are some of the other World Cup teams ranked in the FIFA World Rankings? Ah, here we go. Go for it. Go Let's on. start to play. Play your rankings right. <laughs> Joel, there are seven phases of this game. Okay. If you get all seven right, you get a prize. I'm delighted with that. Let's start with an easier one. 
So we know Germany are first. So next, what about European champions, Portugal? Third. No, you have to say higher or lower. Oh, oh. It's play oh, your rank. It's like okay. play your cards right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have ruined that straight away. Have you ever played play your cards right? No, I have not. Have you ever seen it on the television? No, I have not. When you were a kid, you'd see play your cards no, right. No, I did not. It was Bruce Forsyth standing with cards. Lower. And he... Correct. They are fourth. How did you get that one? <laughs> now about Spain. Okay. How about them? Lower. They are. Tenth. You survived, Joel. Now Argentina. Remember, very poor qualification. Higher. <gasps> Ooh, you nearly didn't fall for a little trick there. You're right, there is higher. They're fifth. Okay, so... I'm tenth. Argentina in fifth. Now how about Belgium? Higher. <gasps> it is higher. They're third. <laughs> I'm nailing this. Third in the FIFA rankings, though. The same group as England, potentially ominous for the three Lions. Okay, this is easy now. Saudi Arabia. Lower. Correct. 67th. <laughs> Finally, you've made it through to the last round, Joel. Right. Are you going to win the grand prize? Russia. Hosts Russia. Higher or lower than Saudi Arabia? Correct. Higher. No! No, I lost! They are lower! Oh my god. That's right, folks. Russia are ranked 70th. I think the lowest ranked team in the tournament. Is that how you say 70th? 70th. They're the lowest ranked team in the tournament, and that is potentially, I think, the first time that has ever happened That's in the World amazing. Cup. I think it's a unique occasion. And also, considering there are only 32 teams in the World Cup, that is not a good omen for Russia. No. Although, how the ranking system works, actually, to be fair to them, is that they are the hosts, and therefore, to qualify for this World Cup, they have played... Zero no competitive games. games. Yeah, they don't. The, the, uh, in case you aren't aware, the hosts for an, a World Cup automatically qualify. It would be great if they didn't. I would love that. Imagine a World Cup in England and England didn't qualify for the World that Cup. Imagine the furore. The furore. The furore. Uh, that is an Italian word, I think, and they are not qualified. <laughs> nice. But I think that has been touted before um, as a, a fair way, making the, the host team qualify. But, I mean, financially, I don't think that any nation putting in the billions that it would cost would accept it. Mm. Especially Russia. So, yeah, I mean, you can see it's going to be tough for them. But, you I mean, so what I was trying to say is that if you don't play any competitive games in the ranking system, your chances of getting points are lower. Right. And they can't have played any competitive so they games might still for two up, years. I mean, they're not going to be, but they might still end up being quite good. They, they are probably better than their ranking suggests, right. yes. Whereas Germany can't be better than their ranking suggests because they're ranked number one. Exactly. Okay. Moving on. Another Pravda point. Gundogan, or Gundogan and yes. Ozil are two midfielders for Germany. Of Turkish origin. They are of a growing number of German players with Turkish heritage, yes. Um, and there's millions of Turkish heritage people in Germany. Sure. Uh, but Vlad might be interested to know that those two prominent players met with Turkish president Erdogan. Mm. Or it might be Erdogan. I'm guessing it's Erdogan. And in what might have been succumbing to media pressure, referred to him in front of Turkish media as my president. Mm, Q2. Mistake. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> Gundogan was playing in a warm up game for Germany a few days ago and was booed, absolutely savaged by the, the fans every time he touched the ball. Um, and it makes you wonder, is that maybe the reason why England have never had any naturalised players play for them? Would, would the, we fear a same kind of backlash? Well, this is the thing with... with and we've discussed football fans and politics on the, on the podcast before. I, what's, what's shocking about that is that it's... Are we really saying that nationalism and football have to go so hand in hand 
that a player who plays for the German national team can't express... I mean, obviously, Erdogan's a, uh, 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 Erdogan is a horrible man and no one should be proud to call him their president, really. No, 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 no. So that was a different chatbot. <laughs> that was a different one. That might have been a, might have was, been a Turkish one. Oh, a Turkish chatbot. But anyway, the point, the point I'm making is, is does it matter? Does it matter if, Gerd, if, uh, if Gerd, Gerdogan calls Erdogan his president? That he then still plays for the German national team, plays well and scores a goal? Who gives? Uh, the German, the German national team supporters. Right, that's well, who gives it. And I, I mean, I'm not saying they're right, but clearly this is going to affect morale, or at least the, some people's association with the national team in Germany, and I that could affect his his chances of playing. I just think it's sad for any player playing for their national team, regardless of their origin and regardless of the of the statements they make outside of the realm of football, to be booed for anything like that. I think it's a shame that Turkey didn't qualify. Because it would have been delicious to see Germany line up oh, against Turkey, narrative. and then Brilliant. see what happened. See who, whether the Turkish fans cheered them when they touched the yeah, ball. Yeah, or Özil and uh, Gerdogan singing the Turkish national anthem. I mean, Italy is another <laughs> nation with, uh, I mean, perceived nationalistic um, fans. The, the fans of notorious for being very aggressive, very political. Yes, um, particularly in a right wing way. Yeah, and. They have loads of naturalised players, and they don't seem to mind. From Brazil, from South America, yeah, from Argentina. No, it's true. Um, England nearly did it. There was a big push for Manuel Almunia to Manuel play for England. Manuel Almunia, the Spanish uh, goalkeeper for Arsenal in the noughties. Yeah. And interestingly, the manager at the time was Italian, Fabio Capello. And he said no. And he said, what, that Spanish goalkeeper, he won't be playing for England. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but that's a very popular kind of way of looking at things in England, controversial opinion. But I mean, I would like to see a naturalised player playing for England. But I mean, in this Brexit kind of age, it's, it seems it unlikely. It seems unlikely. Russian roulette. I've gone for, I don't know if you've heard of him, Joel, Julian Brand. Uh, Julian Brand, does he, is, does he spell his name Brand with a T at the end? It's Brand, like Russell, with a T on the end. Nice. Uh, Julian Brand, or he is a highly rated young player, mm. a winger, and crucially he's not going to be playing in the Champions League next year for his club because they did not qualify. Who does he play for? Leverkusen. Leverkusen. So, a lot of English fans will be aware that Sane, Leroy Sane, was not picked and Julian Brand was favoured mm. instead. I mean, for those of you who've been following Man City this season, Leroy Sane is an incredibly exciting player. Dynamic, quick, uh, amazing range of finishing, amazing range of passing. His his assist stats for this season were insane, and I think he's only 19 or 20 How's Julian old. Brand? Well, I want to see how he compares, but I think that... I just think that it's such a shock omission that he needs to impress, right? So there's, He's going to have to play a really good brand of football an excellent victorious <laughs> successful brand of football and he's going i think he's going to interest a lot of premier league clubs purely because they're going to be looking at him in comparison to, to Sane because he got into the squad ahead of someone who was very good sure yeah he scored seven goals in 45 matches this season for leverkusen mm-hmm. uh, and has 27 from 132 games for them in total he's only 22 right so that's, that's a decent yeah decent, uh, that is a, a really a decent return yeah and liverpool were said to be having a look at him Okay, but that's not really a good enough goal return for a Liverpool winger. If you think about the players they have, Mane, Salah, yes, they score a lot more goals than that. Yes, they do. Um, I think it would take a hefty fee for Leverkusen to let him go, but yeah, let's see if this summer brands him as worth the money. <laughs> Hot to Trotsky. Hot to Trotsky. Now this is genuinely a man that I admire physically. I even before we even came up with the concept for this podcast. 
I had a little crush on this man, Matt Hummels. <laughs> Matt Hummels. I think he's really attractive. He is. I do what I, I'll go with you on that one. I also like the fact that his name isn't Matt Hummels; it's Matt. Now I know that's a common name in Germany, but I really like it. I think Matt might be short for like Matthias. No, I don't know. Whatever it is, I enjoy it. I'm showing Joel some pictures of Matt. Now I know he's already aware what he looks like. Yeah. But Matt Hummels there in modelling the new German kit, uh, with a hat on, and looking pensive. Uh, he's he's a handsome man. He's, he's really he's handsome. undeniably handsome man. Modeling the new German kit though, he's doing that thing that men that men are encouraged to do when they uh, when they're modeling things, which is just narrowing the eyes ever so slightly. It's sort of a fake smolder. Yeah, I mean, there's not much fake about him. I think he's quite a genuine guy. I mean, that's up for. De- I, I've never. Do you know, Carl? I've never met Matt Hummels. I've never had a conversation with him. Maybe one of the reasons I like him is because one of the things I admire about him is his hair. He's got a similar hair kind of uh, forehead to head hair ratio to me and I like what he does with it I like the way he covers for that I mean I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not balding maybe I am balding oh god We're, aren't we all balding men of early to mid men late of, 20s men of 30s. the absolute worldy podcast tell us are you balding and women too aren't we all just aging <laughs> Anyway, that's Get Matt's, that's Matt's Hummels. He's sexy. Quickly, move on to Moscow. Uh, but also, a couple of facts about Matt Hummels. His then. wife uh, was voted German Wag of the Year in 2013. German what of the year? Wag. Wag. Wife and girlfriend. I don't know whether Wag footballer. is a German acronym as well. Let's try and... No, Probably not, because no. it would be Wag, wouldn't it? And it would also be... Frau... It would be und, not and. Frau und girlfriend. Um, yeah, but he's also, which I think is a good thing, he's signed up to the Common Goal Project. Yes. The Common Goal Project is one matter's uh, charity drive to try and get footballers to donate 1% of their charity, uh, of their wage, their salary to children's mm. charity. It's amazing how few footballers have signed up for that. Because 1% of your wage, if you're earning £100,000 a week plus, is surely, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, tax or whatever, but like, it, there's not that many footballers that have signed up to it. It's 1% of your I, wage. I worked out what his would be based on what I think he's earning. Yeah. And it's about £50,000 a year. Jeez. When you think about that, I'm I'm actually sure that a lot of footballers probably give more than that anyway. Maybe. I mean, you possi- possibly not, though. Footballers not renowned for their philanthropic ways. I don't think that's true. I think that, maybe not English ones, but definitely international. Like Players like uh, Salah, we've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on footballers to be doing good yeah. and Matt's is one of those guys I'm going to move on to my Moscow mule go for it Manuel Neuer Neuer oh. Manuel oh, Neuer Manuel Neuer he, uh, best goalkeeper in the world well last week uh, the Bundesliga website ran a story titled is Manuel Neuer the best goalkeeper in football history wow that might have is... been quite a biased article considering it was on the <laughs> German league's website um, but he's been out since September with a foot fracture right he rejoined training with three weeks of the season remaining Mm. His first team sheet inclusion was on the 19th of May. Yes. And he was an unused sub in the uh, DFB Pokal final that they lost 3 1. Uh, by Munich, that is his, his club side. Um, he's knocked Burnt Leno out of the squad, mm-hmm. um, who had a stellar season. And so Trapp, Tostegen, and Neuer are the three choices for Germany. Are they really going to play, quote unquote, the world's best ever goalkeeper, even though he's not played any football since September? Well, Kyle, I'm going to th- say that if they do, then you're absolutely right. And there's every chance that he will be Germany's Moscow Mule. Moving on to Mexico. Moving on to Mexico. El Tricolor. El Tricolor, the three colours. Or El Tri. They call them El Tri. 
El Tri. That's really cute. And that's the three colours I'm guessing are green, white, and red on their flag. Mm-hmm. But they don't wear any red on their shirt. Are they Are their shorts? No, their shorts are white. Their shirts, maybe their socks are red. I think they are. And also their away kit, I think, is red this year. Oh, right. Wow. So my this is one of my favourite Pravda points. My Putin... Hello. Are you there, Vlad? This is one of my favourites. I think you're going to love this one, Vlad. Uh, the Mexican national team hit the headlines last week for having a 24-hour long party after a friendly <laughs> against Scotland. A 24-hour long party. This was less than two weeks before the tournament. What? Uh, straight after the game, they went to a club, and it was the, the Dos Santos brothers. There were two brothers that played for Mexico, Jonathan and Giovanni. Uh, Just quickly, uh, uh, Jonathan and Giovanni. I get the fact that the first was called Giovanni, but Jonathan is a left-wing name for a, for a Mexican. Jonathan, I could see, but it's actually Jonathan. Maybe he pronounces it Jonathan. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. They were there. Carlos mm-hmm. Salcido, the ex-Fulham defender, was there. Mm-hmm. Guillermo Ochoa, the crazy goalkeeper with lots of hair, he was there. And there were a few other players there. I, on a previous episode, said that I really like it when goalkeepers are bald. Uh, uh, intending to imply that it might put people off. I think the other thing I like is when goalkeepers have a lot of hair. And he's got like, he's got, a, he wears a headband. He's got a yeah. high hairline and but lots of hair. Yeah, it's just great because goalkeepers are so renowned for being boring. You know, the goalkeepers union. That's a very footbally reference. But like, uh, I, I just love it when they're slightly outlandish. Well, Neuer is classically efficient, incredibly successful and boring. Boring as hell. Ochoa likes to go to 24-hour parties. So the Mexican magazine El Notas led on the front page with a photograph, a really shameful photograph, actually, of three young women in miniskirts, like, walking out of a taxi, which they didn't need to do. They could have just put the players' faces on. Yeah. Um, But the headline was, 30 VIP escorts gave the tree their real World Cup send-off with a 24-hour lock-in. Wow. This what, is a happens, quote. what happens in the lock-in stays in the lock-in. I no, guess. it doesn't. Oh. Uh, this is a quote from a, an insider. You know when newspapers do that? Yeah. Uh, they arrived at the house in Los Lamas around 10.30pm on Saturday and had a great time with music, drinks, games and women. They had the night off. No, don't put women in that category. They had the night off without their wives and girlfriends. No, it's awful. The, ident- the, un- the unidentified insider asked why their partners had not been at the party, told TV, TV Not As, which must be the TV channel, yeah. because they wanted to be a bit naughty. Why else would they have needed 30 escorts? Oh my God. So this is obviously, if this ever happened in England... It would. I think it would probably knock the whole oh, that campaign would, yeah, off of the rails. They probably would be. Uh, there would be questions in the House of Commons about yeah. people being role models. Good Morning Britain. Piers Morgan would be saying, "Bring them Richard, all home." Richard Madeley. Richard Madeley. No, I think he'd probably try and find a middle ground where he. He's quite a nuanced journalist, but <laughs> Piers Morgan would be saying, "Bring them all home. Send twenty-three more players." Yeah, true. Um, which is interesting because. You wouldn't maybe expect this, but exactly the same thing happened with Mexico. Oh, really good. Seven, no, 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 seven years ago, the exact same thing happened. Oh, so you're not saying... A 24-hour party happened with prostitutes. So that they, it's not even... It's, sex workers. Sorry, sex workers. <laughs> or just as the TV notes calls them, women. Um, <laughs> the, the, this comes after 2011, yeah. So it was before the Copa American tournament, yeah. Copa America. But that time, eight players were sent home. This time, I wonder how many of these Mexican players are going to be sent home so close to the World Cup. Zero. I'm going to say zero. Nothing has happened. Yeah. Um, and moving on to my next point, uh, you might have heard of Chicharito, Joel. Mm. Javier Hernandez. Don't worry, you still look upset. He wasn't at the party. Okay. Phew. He would never do that. He's a lovely lad. 
Uh, El Chicharito means little P, the little P. Uh, that's his nickname. It's such a good nickname. He comes from a Mexican football dynasty. Does he? I didn't know that. He's the third generation of his family to play at World Cup. Right. His uh, grandfather, Thomas Balcazar, played at 1954 World Cup, and his father, Javier Hernandez Gutierrez, played in 1986. Um, do you know of any other footballing dynasties like that for World Cups? Fathers and sons that both played in World Cups for their country. Uh, not off the top of my head. I can tell you a few. Go on. There's the Forlands. Mm-hmm. Pablo Diego Forland played in 66 and 74, and his son, the one that we know, Diego Forland, played in three World Cups. Two, oh two. 2010, 2014. Right. There's the Blinds, Danny Blind and Daily Blind. Daily Blind, yeah. Uh, Vladimir Weiss is for Slovakian man who named his son also Vladimir Weiss and they both played in World Cups. Yeah. And in the second the World Vladimir Cup... Vladimir Weiss o'clock. Well, the dad also managed this, the younger in, oh, that's in the great. Uh, 2010. Keep it in the family. Uh, and there's been the Djorkaevs for France, the Alonzos for Spain, the Reynas for Spain. But no more three generations of the same family. Right. So that is just the Hernandez's. Is, is, is. The, Han- <laughs> the Hernandez what, sorry? The Hernandez. <laughs> and my final World Cup prepped a point, Putin prepped a point for Mexico. Yes. Is that they have just been uh, announced as the joint holders of the 2026 World Cup. Great. They're sharing it with the United States. And with Canada. So I couldn't help but think when that was announced, what happens if Trump builds his wall <laughs> before that World Cup? I guess, like with all the transport for this World Cup, which They'll is funny, they will fly. But it's just more the kind of politics of it. They're sharing a World Cup and there's a goddamn wall between the countries. I guess, uh, well, um, it's inevitable that he will not be the president. That is a good point. So perhaps they'll have backtracked on the wall. Maybe. Maybe they will. Maybe by then it'll be like a nice peace wall with nice murals on it. Yes. Who did they beat to uh, hold the World Cup? Morocco. Morocco. So, remember we were talking about Iran and we weren't sure whether they had tensions with Morocco? Uh, I remember Morocco? us distinctly discussing the fact that Morocco and Iran, we weren't 100% certain if they had tensions. We decided they probably did because Iran has tensions with the Arab world. We should have trusted our gut, Joel. Yes. Because in faced with a vote between the joint American bid from Canada, Mexico and the United States, or Morocco... Iran was the only FIFA nation to just not vote. <laughs> and they, their reason cited was, we don't want either of them. That's such a good reason. So I mean, at least they're honest. You've got to admire that Iranian sort of... Uh, is that the <laughs> straight same as, down the line. Is that the same as, as abstaining? I don't think it is. I think to say actively, we don't want either. Yeah, that, I mean, it's an abstention with a, God, a, a real serious reason. But, they, I mean, they didn't state their reason. I want to know why, apart from just We don't want preference. them... Not for us. <laughs> so that wraps up my Putin Pravda points. I'm going to move on to my Hot to Trotsky. Hot to Trotsky, Mexico. Carlos Vela. Who used to play for Arsenal? That's right. Star of Los Angeles FC now. Los Angeles FC. Not LA Galaxy. Have you heard of Los Angeles FC? Uh, is that the team... That I know that Will Ferrell, yes. the uh, comedian, bought a football team? Will Ferrell is an owner, in uh, parentheses, of LA FC, right. But he's not the only one. Uh, you might have heard of another one, uh, and one of the one of the owners uh, owns a Premier League club, a newly promoted Premier League club. Uh, oh, is it um, the guy who owns Fulham? No, it's the guy that owns Cardiff, Vincent Tan. Vincent Tan owns part owns Los Angeles FC with Will Ferrell. I've got to be honest. If I was going to play Six Degrees of Separation, I would never have thought that you could link Will Ferrell, star of such films as. Talladega Knights Anchorman Anchorman uh, with Vincent Tan chairman of Cardiff and dubious businessman <laughs> um, 
for those of you who don't know about Vincent Tan, he tried to change the football shirt colour of Cardiff, which has always been blue, to red because it, he thought it would bring them fortune along with his own culture. Uh, there was a massive, uh, for want of a better word, Ferrari about it, <laughs> which ended up with them changing the shirt to red, getting relegated, and then changing it back to blue. I think this episode might be called Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari. Um, so, yes, Carlos Vela. Sorry, mate. We yeah, were talking about Carlos him. Carlos Vela, yes. I think he's just really beautiful. I'm showing Joe a photo of him now. He's got great teeth. Oh, he's, uh, he's, he's a handsome man. He's got great skin tone. I'm really jealous of his hair to facial hair fade. Are your hot to Trotsky's this week just all about how jealous you are of other, of other men? I think, I mean, talk about hot people. Right. I think that especially in the cosmetic and the beauty industry, men, and this is one of the reasons we did this for our pod, I think, men aren't encouraged really to be envious of beauty like That's women are. That's true, especially not heterosexual men. So what you're saying is, as a man, you envy Carlos Fella's beauty. I'm just trying to be honest and, yeah. and try and think about why I find men attractive not being a man who actually sexually advances on other men. Yeah. What What is attractive to a man about me? It's, it's probably my ego. It's probably, well, if I looked more like him, I would be happy. I've got to say, if you look like, if anyone looked like Carlos Feller, they'd be pleased. He's, but also, he's, he's got a very, got... very, very handsome. He's got kind eyes and he's... a good beard. And just the whitest teeth. And I, I, I would like to have whiter teeth. Who wouldn't? I was given some strips by a friend and they did not work. Um, but he's got a lovely family. Look at this photo of him lovely and his wife family. and their little kid. Oh, that kid's cute. Yeah, Chubs. I like... I'll be watching Vela. You watch, watch out for Vela, everyone. So, you Moscow to, Mule? Moscow Mule. I'm going for Rafa Marquez. Rafa Marquez. It's his fifth World Cup. Wow. He's 39. God. Uh, there's only been a handful of players that have played at five World Cups. So, I mean, kudos to him. Mm. Those include Lothar Mateus, German... Uh, it's a sweeper, I think. Yes, he did play sweeper. Um, and Gigi Buffon. Gigi Buffon, who's not playing it. Oh, that's sad because he'd have been at six of Italy and only managed to qualify. So the stage is set really for Rafa Marquez to have an absolute howler of a World Cup. Being... Thirty nine as a centre back is is a, it's an it's a grand old. Well, age. he's been moved up now. He's been moved up to centre midfield because he hasn't got the Legs. the pace to be running backwards. But I mean, I I wish him all the best. I hope that he. Uh, you know, I hope he gets the kudos for reaching five World Cups. It's a huge achievement. Frankly, he feels a lot like a lot of our Moscow mules that he's someone who is slightly older and may well end up getting crocked. I should point out, we keep saying crocked, uh, and I've realised that's that's a very football word. And some of our non-football listeners have asked what it means. It just means injured. 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 Crocked. Injured. So I've missed uh, one. I've missed one. No, no, you haven't. Russian roulette. Russian roulette. Yeah, it's not missed. I just, I got all. I was like a roulette. I was spun out of control. Yes. Um, I'm going for. <laughs> I was going to go for. Um, I was like a bullet from a gun. I oh, sorry. Roulette, schmoulette. <laughs> I was going to go for Raul Jimenez. Yes. Uh, but lo and behold, Wolves jumped. She, they, they jumped the the gun. They ruined oh, the gun roulette. Yeah, nice. Um, and they signed a player before the World Cup, which we don't want them to do in a World Cup year. They've ruined it for us. Listeners. So they have. He signed for Wolves. So I'm going for Herling Lozano. Ah, Herving, not Herling. I'm going for Herving Lozano. His <laughs> Herling, nickname is Herling Lozano. Is his younger brother who plays Irish sport. For the record, Joel, <laughs> did you know who Herver, Herving Lozano was? Yeah, I did. He wasn't you just reading my notes there to correct. No, I know who Herving Lozano is. So he he is a place for. PSV? PSV. Yeah, there you go. So Joel's heard of him. Maybe you have two listeners. He scored 17 league goals this season uh, for PSV. Actually, I think that's in all competitions. But he does have some disciplinary issues. Ah. His nickname is El Chucky. Oh, is that... Wait, is that to do with a story where he... 
I promise you, I haven't read your notes. Is that to do with the story where, where he hid under beds? Yes, when he was a young, when he was the youth teams, as a and the boys teams, he used to be the one that scared the other boys in the middle of the night by jumping and making scares. How does out that the still remain his nickname? Because he's probably a little wind-up merchant, <laughs> and I am making him my Group F red card shout-out. Oh, we've got a Group F red card shout-out. Because I think this this World Cup could be the making of him, but it could also be the unmaking of him. Famous, sure, but it could be when he starts to become infamous. Oh. It might not affect his transfer we- uh, worth, value, mm. because people don't seem to mind about disciplinary issues, but it could affect his tournament. to hear about the blagult uh well i would like to but i don't know what blagult means it means blue yellow ah so that means must mean we're talking about sweden we are talking about sweden i've got putin pravda points for you about sweden now carl when i say sweden and football who do you think of i think of henrik larsson great good but if only i had a series of henrik larsson related facts to give you ah then you must be talking about Martin Lawson. I definitely am talking about the famous Martin Lawson. I think he played for Denmark. <laughs> Zlatan. It's Zlatan. He's talking about Zlatan. I'm talking about Zlatan. If you don't know who Zlatan is, you are missing out, especially because Zlatan will tell you who he is loudly. So yeah, when it came to looking at Putin Pravda points about Sweden, I thought, you know what, Kyle? I don't really want to talk about it. I just want to let Zlatan speak for himself. Do you have a recording? I don't. I have a series of quotes. Are you going to do an accent? I'm absolutely not. We banned accents many episodes ago. If you don't know about Zlatan, you're going to find a lot more now, but he has an amazing voice and talks about himself in the third person. I'll stop talking about him, Joel. You talk about let's, it. Let Zlatan do it for, for himself. Um, here's, here's the thing, listeners. Zlatan is not going to the World Cup. He's been injured a lot of the season. He's just gone to... He's just signed for uh, LA Galaxy in, in America. There was no chance he was going to go. His body is creaking a little bit. He's 34, 35 now, maybe even 36. He's scored some belters he's for Galaxy. Extre- if, you, if you do anything from watching this, from listening to this podcast, it's go to YouTube, have a look at Zlatan scoring goals, but more importantly, listen to him talk. My Putin Pravda points, you're welcome, Vlad, are all Zlatan quotes. He would love Zlatan. Quote number one. One thing's for sure, a World Cup without Zlatan is nothing to watch. Two, I think I'm like wine. The older I get, the better I get. Three, I can't help but laugh at how perfect I am. (laughs) Imagine him just looking in the mirror, looking at himself and laughing. Four, I do not need a trophy to tell myself that I'm the best. Five, I always put myself second. I like to make others happy. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Not true. Six, Arsene Wenger asked me to have a trial with Arsenal when I was 17. I turned it down. Zlatan doesn't do auditions. I'm so glad that came up because he loves to, I've said it already, he loves the third person address. It's, it's just amazing. It's so good. Uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I am a guy who likes those who drive through red lights. Do you know what? So am I. <laughs> Eight, when you buy me, You are buying a Ferrari. If you drive a Ferrari, you put premium petrol in the tank. You hit the motorway and you step on the gas. I don't understand that. Neither do uh, I. Metaphor. (laughs) No, but I really enjoy it. Is he saying that you have to pay me lots of money? I think so. Okay. Uh, Or I think it's also buy other good players. Ah, Uh, surround me with the good, yeah. Yes, and here's my last Zlatan quote and the end of my Putin Pravda points on Sweden because I genuinely feel like Zlatan sums them up. I read all the time that people think I'm arrogant. They say I'm cocky. A bad character. I had that from a young age. 
But when they meet me, they say, that image doesn't fit you. Do now, they? I'm just going to go back over those quotes again and think, it might do. <laughs> I feel like Zlatan has uh, moulded a persona. Yes. And he he is playful around it. Oh, yeah, totally. And I love that about him. So, yeah, that concludes uh, Sweden's Putin Pravda points. Nothing about Sweden, nothing about the team, lots about Zlatan. Well, he there was a big um, clamour for him to come back into the international frame. He retired before this, the tournament. Yeah. He almost retired from football, took one last club, and he hinted that he was going to play. And then in the end, it turned out he was just going to be on television. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he is like he, his body is no longer up to that many games in that short space of time. So, would you like to hear some Russian roulette, which is actually about this uh, current Swedish team? I would. So, my Russian roulette player who I think will get a big move uh, is the main attacking threat for Sweden. It is Emil Forsberg. Of Red Bull Leipzig. Red Bull Leipzig, indeed. So, uh, you asked uh, about uh, players that have gone to the World Cup having uh, had... Um, uh, previous uh, members of their family go to the World Cup. I don't ha- didn't have any of them, but I do have the fact that Forsberg is the third generation to play in the Swedish top flight. His granddad, Lennart Forsberg, did, and his father, Leif Forsberg, did. And all of them played for GIF Sundsvall. 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 Well, if only they played a bit better for Sundsvall, then they could have got into World Cups. And they would have been in your uh, uh, Putin Pravda point earlier. Uh, They all made their debuts at 17. Emil is the only one who's achieved... uh, Sorry, Emil has already achieved more than his predecessors. So he joined Leipzig, even though there were lots of different teams that wanted him. Um, He was the highest assist maker in the top five European leagues in 2016-2017. Yeah. Uh, this season, he's been a bit injured, crocked. He's been a bit crocked and he's uh, had a dip in form. Uh, but he starts from the left for Sweden. He drifts inside. He supports the front two. He's very good at spotting a pass. He's very good going forward. Leipzig are selling their players. So I should say, RB Leipzig, uh, uh, owned by Red Bull, they have a huge crop of talented youngsters, who, players that they're really turning into world-class footballers. And... They are slowly but surely leaving Red Bull to go to bigger teams. And I think Emil Forsberg, if he has a good World Cup for Sweden, could be the next. I think so too. I, I again, remember how I said about William Carvalho? I've never seen him play well. Yes. I've got a slightly more spurious comment about Forsberg. Go on then. I had him in my team when I did a career mode on FIFA as a manager. FIFA, the uh, computer game. Where you get to play football and be a football manager or be a football player, which I know Joel likes to do the best. Sure. Um, so I, he, I was Red Bull manager and he was terrible on the game. Really? No pace. No, well, nothing. Well, that is a reason not to buy him. <laughs> well, I think, I just think, Emil, if you're listening, well, two things. If you are listening, get them to sort out your character yeah, on FIFA. Yeah, sort out your statistics on and FIFA, also, Emil. Could they're, you, they're wrong. when you play Mexico, could you organise by just getting in touch with Chicharito now? Mm. The six, your three family members and his, get a photo. Oh, That'd lovely. be so nice. I'd love to see a photo. fathers and sons. Tweet it. Tweet it. Be lovely. Uh, uh, speaking of tweetable people, hot to Trotsky. Ooh. Yeah, that was a quite a good link. <laughs> They're getting, we get there sometimes. We're getting there. Occasionally. Marcus Byrne. What does he look like? He looks like this, Kyle. He's played in England, isn't he? Uh, that is the kind of information that I normally have at my fingertips. Uh, currently, he plays, plays for Alain. Um, in Saudi Arabia? Uh, I- indeed. Uh, uh, but previously, he has not played in England. I apologise. No, it's fine. Um, so, piercing blue eyes. I mean, 
he's you often accuse me of uh of looking for youthful players and I, i'd say he's sort of in that mold but he's just got that kind of um he's just got those kind of eyes that sort of stare out at you from wherever he's looking so even even from far away he's got these p- baby blues he's very uh, attractive man he yeah. looks like uh a henchman but like a a fit henchman in an action movie <laughs> maybe a transformers movie he does. That's exactly what I've you noticed. Place it. Some of your traits for uh, uh, Hot to Trotsky Joel involved staring eyes. Yep. and prominent chins. Prominent chins. I'm I'm a sucker for staring eyes and prominent chins. When you say prominent chins, what do you mean? Just like just sharp, sharp features. But not men. like because when I think of a prominent chin, I think of Bruce Forsyth or like Jay Leno. Yeah, that's a prominent chin. <laughs> yeah, that's not what you mean. No, I it? mean like chiselled, cut. Oh, okay. And it makes the chin jump forward a little bit. So anyway, let's get off my. Uh, uh, I think the listeners would, would my like predilections. To... Um, uh, so, final, final category for Sweden. It's the Moscow Mule, and it's Victor Lindelof, a Manchester United centre half who cannot get near the United first team for love nor money. Mourinho doesn't seem to like him. He never plays. He is a nailed-on starter for Sweden. He oh, starts every game. But he's really good. Sure, but he doesn't play club football. And if you've not played club football all season, to then come in and have to play three games in ten days and to try and get further in the World Cup, the pressure on his young shoulders is going to be immense. Not only that, he's he, he's 23 and he is uh, expected to carry the entire uh, Swedish defence. I'm sorry, he's a, he's a, he's an... He's another one that I think is almost a guaranteed mistake in the making, a.k.a. Moscow Mule. So, South Korea, Kyle. I love South Korea. I think that they always bring something interesting to a World Cup. What do they bring? uh, They just, I think, an unexpectedness, because you don't know... A lot of their players play in the J-League in Japan. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of the time, they they spring surprises. They're players that you've never heard of, and they tend to actually do quite well. I do like the teams where you are looking at the list of uh, the squads and where they play. And you look at a squad like South Korea and, you know, inevitably you're, you're kind of just glazed past it because you don't recognise any of the names or the clubs. And that's nice. That's what a World Cup should be about, yeah. seeing another brand of football, another group of players you've never seen. Yes, indeed. And I do like the Red Devils. Red Devils. It's not... Uh, the thing is, the Red Devils is one of their nicknames. It's not as good as the other one. The what? Taiguk Warriors. What does Taiguk mean? I don't know. Good research. I really learned that lesson. We need I? to get like a bell that we can do, which is a bad research bell. A bad research bell. We no, probably... No, 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 no. We need a Russian pun for that as well. Russian into it. <laughs> yeah, Russian ahead of it. Russian ahead of it. We're not getting ahead of it. We're Russian ahead of it. That's uh, bad. That's bad. <laughs> that's good. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Putin Pravda points about South Korea is just one thing. And it is about Ahn Jung Hwan. Yes. 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 This so is a good. great fact. So, Ahn Jung Hwan played for South Korea in the 2002 World Cup. In South Korea. In South Korea, exactly. He had been playing for Perugia in Italy. Ah. He'd moved there in the summer of 2000 and he'd basically not done much. He played a handful of games. He wasn't like a star striker by any means. Not an important player in Perugia. Not an important player in Perugia. Here we go. Cut forward to the World Cup of 2002. Italy are playing South Korea. Hang on, Perugia is in Italy. Yes. And they're playing South Korea. Yes. Um, uh, what's that called? A a, a a clash of interests. A um. Oh yes, I see your point. Yes, 
Carry but, on. But he doesn't have to. This is the this is the great thing about this story is if you're a, uh, this maybe this is something that football fans will know, but non our non football fan listeners won't. If you are playing for a club team in an in a nation, you are under no obligations to think about that nation. Oh yeah, that's good to point out. Yeah, that that's something that if you follow international football as a child, you just accept it's it's completely acceptable to do one over on the country that employs you. It's not they're not connected in that way or shouldn't be. Yes, precisely. Uh, so, uh, here we go. The the other thing that you need to know is that he uh, had a... He was actually on a two-year loan... To Perugia. To Perugia from Busan, okay? A Japanese team. Yes. So, he was he was playing for Perugia, but he wasn't owned by Perugia. Okay. Here we go. Cut forward. Italy are playing South Korea at the World Cup. Italy are a titan of world football. Italy are playing South Korea. They are drawing at the uh, end of 90 minutes. It's one all. It's a knockout game. It's winner takes all. In the 170th, 117th of 120 minutes, Ahn Hyung Kwan of South Korea scored what was then known as a golden goal. Was it a golden goal? I didn't know they had golden goals in that tournament. Yeah, so a golden goal. Bearing in mind that in the season before playing in Italy, he had scored one goal. How ironic. He scored a golden goal, which meant the game ended as soon as he scored. South Korea had knocked out Italy. An extraordinary moment. And one with romance and joy behind it for everyone who likes a narrative. And it only gets better from there, listeners. Here we go. And Vlad, take note. If you want to have a a real go at any players who score against Russia, this is how to do it. That gentleman will never set foot in Perugia again. He was a phenomenon only when he played against Italy. I am a nationalist and I regard such behaviour not only as an affront to Italian pride, but as an offence to a country which two years ago opened its doors to him. I have no intention of paying a salary to someone who has ruined Italian football. So speaketh the then president of Perugia, Luciano Gauci. That is just so incredibly out of order. Isn't that amazing? It's not on. You can't punish someone in that way. That's extraordinary. And I mean, Italy, Italians and football is a very interesting thing. They have a, there's, it's a, they're incredibly passionate about it, but they also tend to believe in conspiracy theories against the Italian teams. In fact, uh, just after he'd scored that goal and then this Perugia president had said uh, all that horrible stuff about him and said that he would, you know, get rid of him and he would not be welcome back in Perugia. Uh, not only did he get death threats, uh, 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 An Juan, uh, but uh, Parliament in, in Italy, Italian Parliament, debated whether they thought there was an alleged conspiracy against Italy purely on the basis that he was a player who played in Italy. There's one thing that I really can't stand, apart from hip- hypocrisy, and it's... It's that sense that being a bad loser. Yeah. Don't like. How can being a bad loser go back to a governmental parliamentary it's level? It's disgusting. It's really disgusting. I mean, again, we've talked about politics and football a lot in this podcast, and this is that's an extra, astonishing one. It's so, ridic- what happened to him? So, this is where it gets. I don't know whether this makes it better or not. So, he didn't know that this was all happening. Why? How could he not know? He just wasn't. Didn't seem aware because after at some point after the game, he genuinely said. Although we won on my goal, I think I should thank Italy. I didn't play much when I was there, but I've learnt a lot and had tough times there. This has helped me play good matches in this World Cup. So he's being nice. Twitter wasn't a thing then, that's why no, That's why I didn't know. exactly. So this is the mad thing. After saying all of that, Gauci then went back on what he said and tried to take up the £1.2 million uh, 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 option to sign on on a permanent basis. Yeah, that is quite hypocritical. Yeah, and then... Continuing everyone flipping what they said, 
Khan rejected that offer of a three-year contract, refused to turn up for pre-season training, despite Perugia claiming they owned him, and said, I will no longer discuss my transfer to Perugia, who attacked my character instead of congratulating me for a goal in the World Cup. Lots of miscommunications here. I mean, a lot. They, I think everyone should have sat down after the game, just taken a breather and not made any comments until the next day. <laughs> it's just the narrative brilliance of him, of them, of them destroying him, saying he'll never come back to the club. Him saying, I really like Italy. And then they both flip it on his head and he turns down the eventual offer of a permanent transfer. That is World Cup narrative brilliance. And that is my Putin Pravda point about South Korea. It's wonderful. Thank and you. It was very emphatic. Yes. I think... I'm realising, listening back to these, that we should probably clear up Golden Goal. I'm going to do it quickly. Go for it. If you don't follow the World Cup, what you're going to see a lot of after the group stages are over are matches that uh, end in a draw, but one of these teams has to progress. So the game goes into extra time. The game is 90 minutes. Extra time is two halves of 15 minutes, so a further 30. Around the late 90s, early noughties, what was happening in these knockout stages of tournaments, both teams were too scared to go for the win. Yes. And therefore, the games would drag out in extra time into penalties. And to try and contend against this, make extra time in itself more exciting, golden goal was introduced, which was like a, if you score a goal in extra time, the game is automatically over, hence trying to push teams to go for that victory. Yes. Uh, and this was, there's only been a, a handful of golden goals in tournaments. They scrapped it. It, in a way, it was like Russian roulette. In another way, it not wasn't. at all. <laughs> What's next? Uh, it is Russian roulette. That was my link. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Who's your Russian roulette for this tournament? It's Lee Sung Woo. 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 Uh, so mm, that's that's probably not cool. Uh, Lee Sung <laughs> is a twenty-year-old attacker playing for Hellas Verona in Italy. There's another link I could have done. Uh oh. So he's only played twice for the Koreans so far. He is basically their. He's like a wonder wonder kid. How old is he? He is he's twenty, but he was brought to Europe initially by Barcelona uh-huh. at the age of only twelve, and they sold him to Verona. But they did what big clubs do: they inserted a buyback clause in his contract. Yeah. So they have until the end of next season uh, uh, to buy him back um, for whatever price they choose, basically. Or I'm guessing it's set in the contract. So if he has a fantastic World Cup, he may well end up going back to Barcelona. I think they would be able to woo him back. Oh, God. <laughs> I think that's more acceptable than what we did before. Yeah, I agree. So, Lisa, he could end up going back to Barcelona. However, they have to say this season if they want to continue to have the buyback clause. They have to pay Verona some more money. So, if he has a good World Cup but not a great World Cup, Barcelona may drop him. Uh-huh. He will stay at House Verona, but that opens the door to any number of other clubs. I see. So, it's a gamble. He's a gamble, but he's Barcelona trained. He's incredibly skillful. He's a sort of winger slash uh, attacking midfielder. A wing attacker. A wing attacker, as we established in the previous episode, a new position in football. Uh, Our American listeners, of which there are lots, will be happy with the use of wing attacker. (laughs) Yes, they will. So I think he's a perfect wildcard kind of player. If he has a couple of games due to the injuries to others, uh, he may well have a great World Cup and end up with uh, either a move back to La Masia in Barcelona or elsewhere. I'll certainly keep an eye out for him. Yeah, uh, you, you woo that. Um, no, no, <laughs> no. What's next? Hot to Trotsky. It's Song Hyun Min. The Tottenham player. The Tottenham player. It, Carl, it's all about the smile, right? He's got a beam. It, what, what happens is he scores a goal, listeners, for Tottenham. And, and the, the look on his face when he's enjoying playing football is... It, it just looks like he's having so much fun. Yeah, he is attractive in that way. I agree. 
He makes playing football look like it is a game, which we all forget yes. that it is. But also, when you Google footballers, a lot of the, the images uh, are them playing or them looking gloomily in the character. I've never seen a footballer who, if you Google them, Son Hyung Min, that is, uh, that you end up seeing so many smiles. Even when he gets tackled really badly or maybe goes down hoping for a penalty, doesn't get it, he just laughs. Yeah. He's just he's just a, a marvellous character, and that is what's attractive about him. I'm smiling just thinking about him. Yeah, I'm smiling just thinking about the fact that you're smiling just thinking about him. So. <laughs> so, that's my hot to Trotsky. Moscow Mule. So, the captain and talisman of South Korea, Ki Sung-yun. Swansea City. Swansea City. He was relegated with Swansea City this season and left immediately. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He free agent? Free agent. He does not play for Swansea City anymore. Wow. So... He is, like I say, their captain. He is their talisman. He passes the ball. Everything goes through him. They play that kind of uh, 4-2-3-1 style mm-hmm. where you're looking for people like Son uh, and Wu to, to pick up the ball from Ki Sung-yun. Everything goes through him. He's had a terrible season. He's been off the pace. His passing has not been good. He is their main creative force, Kyle. So unfortunately for them, for South Korea, I think the fact that they over-rely on him to some degree makes him their Moscow mule and also their Achilles heel. So Kyle, that was Group F. F in hell, that was a good group. F in hell. That was our sixth episode done. We have been putting uh, explicit banners on our episodes, but with F ins, I think we're fine. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I just basically hope that we don't swear, but sometimes we do. I tend to. I've, I've avoided it, which, for those that know me, will be mightily impressed. Um, so I enjoyed that group, Carl. Uh, did you? Yeah, I did a lot, actually. Yeah, from Germany through South Korea, I think we learned a lot. Uh, And that's the point, listeners, about this podcast. We're trying to inform you. We're trying to entertain you at the same time. We're trying to make you care, if you don't, about the FIFA World Cup. If you've cared about the Absolute Worldy podcast, uh, maybe you'd like to leave a review on iTunes. Rate us. We'd love a five-star rating. We are absolutely loving being on iTunes. It's it's always been my go-to... podcast uh, vehicle and just seeing our little symbol there brings my you know joy to my heart but we want to appeal to more people and to do that we need to be able to spread the word so please like please subscribe please share and please rate and we will be getting ahead of group g next time see you soon the absolute worldly podcast is produced by joel samuels and kyle ross our theme tune is courtesy of Adam Janotowazowski, and all other music is non-copyright and licensed under Creative Commons. Thanks again for listening, and do stay tuned for a small taste of what's to come in our next episode. Why is that lion French when we are English? <laughs> <laughs>